Hello and welcome to the Spring Church audio blog. My name is Matt McCoy and I'm the pastor at Spring Church. This blog is a continuation of our series through the season of Easter. This is the third of four celebration services and on Sunday we'll celebrate the world as we find it. But before we do that, remember all the way back to March 12th when I wrote a blog post titled Lament for this Pandemic World? which was followed by a church service on March 14th, where we wrote and prayed a lament for the pandemic together. If you got the time today, I'd encourage you to go back and read that blog post and read that lament we prayed prior to listening to this post. Two months ago, we lamented this pandemic world. Today, we're celebrating the world as we find it. And everyone can plainly see that the world is still pretty much the same two months ago as it is today. So why would we enter the same world in two different ways, once to lament it and once to celebrate it? I mean, that's a weird question, right? Why would we enter the same world in two different ways, once to lament it and once to celebrate it? In March, we lamented the loss of life, relationships, freedoms, and sense of vocation. This week, we get to celebrate the joy of life, relationships, freedoms, and sense of vocation. And it's the same world, both times. Our lives are held and sustained by the Holy Spirit, all day, every day. So the source of our life, and thus the source of our celebration this coming Sunday, is not found in our circumstances. Even when our situation is hard, and this pandemic world is so hard that we just dedicated an entire worship service to lamenting it, we can know that the Holy Spirit is still with us and still loves us. We don't celebrate as a way of ignoring, shrinking, or belittling our suffering in this pandemic world. We celebrate as a way to make sense of this world, because we know that this world is still God's kingdom, that the Holy Spirit is still with us, and that we still get to walk in the direction Jesus is walking in. This creates an obvious tension, which is often called, already but not yet. Already, because Jesus already came, died and rose again, we can celebrate that the kingdom of God has already come to us. We can celebrate on Sunday because Jesus has brought the kingdom of God to us. The story of Pentecost reveals how the Holy Spirit has come inside us. Hey, you can't get any closer than inside. But not yet. Because the kingdom of heaven, uh, coming of heaven in Revelation 7 hasn't happened yet, because heaven hasn't come down in all of its fullness yet, we lament because the kingdom of God has not yet come in all of its entirety. We lamented in March because the kingdom of God has not yet brought the love of Jesus and the friendship of the Holy Spirit into every aspect of life. Revelation 7 shows, in poetic form, how all will be at peace, even if that has not yet come to pass. At Spring Church, we define discipleship as walking in the direction Jesus is walking in. Jesus modeled and demonstrated how this tension is something that we live with. Jesus lamented the death of friends, the effect of sin in our lives, and the way disease causes pain. Jesus also celebrated so much and so often that his detractors accused him of being a drunk and a glutton. The already but not yet is part of our lives when we walk in the direction Jesus is walking in. We see this tension in the big idea for the Easter season. Jesus uses lament and celebration to reveal his kingdom to us. This season is broken into two parts, Lent and Eastertide. In Lent, we lament the not yet of life, and we lament the broken places. Lent isn't a trip to the hospital where we're hoping somebody gets better. Lent is a trip to the grave where we grieve things that are hopeless. But then Easter comes, and the grave is empty, the 
kingdom of God has come and Jesus has created new life. So in Eastertide, we celebrate the already. We celebrate how the kingdom of God is already here, how Jesus has already conquered death, and how the Holy Spirit invites us into this incredible life right now. We also see this tension in the two scriptures which guide our ability to walk in the direction Jesus is walking in right now. Our ending point for the direction Jesus is walking in is Revelation 7, which gives us a vision of heaven coming down to earth. With this dramatic story, we get a glimpse of everyone and everything living at peace. Does the world we live in look like this? Not yet. So we lamented this pandemic world together back in March. Here now, the story from Revelation 7, verses 9 through 11, the vision that John wrote and shares with us of what it might be like when heaven comes down to earth. After that, I looked, and check this out, a huge crowd, too big to even count them all, from every ethnic group and tribe and people and language. There they were, standing before the throne and the Lamb, all decked out in white, and palm branches were in their hand. And they were shouting at the top of their lungs, Salvation! Salvation to our God who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all who were standing around the throne, angels, elders, animals, fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing, Amen. The blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving, the honor and power and strength, to our God forever and ever. Amen. But our starting point for the direction Jesus is walking in is the story of Pentecost. And Pentecost has already happened. So while we can lament what hasn't happened yet in Revelation 7, we can celebrate that the Holy Spirit has already come and invited us into this new life. We're already a part of the kingdom of God. And today, we get to start living as though we're already in heaven. This life that happens in Pentecost is already here, all around us, right now. Here now the story from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 11, where the gift of the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. And when the 50th and final day, marking the completion of Passover, had arrived, everyone was together in the same place. And then, out of nowhere, from the heavens, a strong and heavy wind, full of possibility, filled the whole house and everyone who was sitting there. And the wind appeared to them like dancing tongues of fire, and it rested on each and every one of them. And all of them were filled by the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak different languages as the Spirit gave them the ability to speak. Now there was dwelling in Jerusalem some Jews, devout people from every nation everywhere. And at this sound, a huge crowd assembled, because each and every one of them was hearing all the people of God speak in their own language. And this totally blew their minds. And they started saying, check this out, aren't all these people speaking Galileans? So how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and religious pilgrims from Rome, both Jews and non-Jews learning their new Jewish faith, even Cretans and Arabs. They're speaking my language and praising God's amazing works. And all were confused and completely stumped. And we're saying to one another, what's the meaning of all this? That ends the audio blog for today. I um, hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Thanks for joining us, and we'd love to see you on Sunday if you're able to come. And know that I, I hope deeply that you're held in this lovely tension of the already, but not yet, as you go about your week. Shalom.